0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Well, praise the Lord. This is your hostess, Evangelist Janet Taylor, coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. You can find us on the internet at www.wallsofiredeliverancemin.com. Let me say that again. That's com. And you can also contact us um, by internet, I mean by email at JET245 at MSN.com. Also, um, you can a a C if you desire um, through PayPal or Zelle using that same email address, JET245 at MSN.com and our phone number is area code 336-830-0601. We are delighted to be with you on tonight. also want to draw your attention to the sweet hour of prayer. We have a prayer line and we meet on a prayer mountain Monday through Saturday at 12 noon. And on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's Monday through Saturday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Sunday from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we pray for one hour. Jesus said, can you not pray with me one hour? And the phone number, if you'd like to join us on the prayer line, is area code 425 436 6333, and the access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. We are so delighted that you could join us tonight. I pray that you sit back and enjoy tonight's message, which is God is holy. This has been on the heart of God. He laid this on my heart. And I have not uh, been able to stop preaching this because God wants His people to re- be reminded that He is holy. We know the word of God tells us in First Peter uh, 1 and 16, "Be ye holy, for I am holy." But tonight, I want to turn your attention to Isaiah, the sixth chapter. And we're going to look at a couple of verses here, so if you would uh just go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter six, and we can get started all right, so here we go, as I said, our message for tonight is God is holy now um. Many people like to talk about God, but very few have a true understanding of who God really is. You know, when I ask people, uh, can they describe who God is, the first word out of their mouth is God is love. And they are correct. You know, that's true. God is love. And we have the scripture. John three sixteen that bears witness to that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. So we know that God is love because he gave his son Jesus to die in our place so that we might be redeemed. Now, if that ain't love, I don't know what is. But The church needs to understand that the first and foremost attribute of God is that God is holy. The church needs to understand this and perhaps even be reminded of the holiness of God. We want to break this down tonight. What exactly does it mean when we say that God is holy? So the Hebrew word for holy is kadosh, and it means to be separated and set apart for God's use and for God's glory. So that tells us that God is unique. God is separate from all the gods of the world, and, and they're all false gods, and God is set apart. Glory be to God. There's no God like our God. He alone is the true and living God. God is pure, and God is perfect. God is without sin. So um, what I'd like to do is take a moment and read the scripture. Now, in the year that King, with at Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high And lifted up And his train filled the temple And above it stood the seraphim Each one had six wings With twain, that's two He covered his face With two he covered his feet And with two he did fly And one cried unto another And said, holy, holy, holy Is the Lord of hosts The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. This is Isaiah talking. He said, I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim uh, flew unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo! This have touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Glory be to God in the highest. Tonight we want to talk about the holiness of God, or just to put it simple, God is holy. Now in 1 John 1 and 5, Uh, It states this about God. It says, then this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. In him is no darkness at all. You see, that's what's unique about God. God is light, and there is no mixture. There is no darkness. God is pure light. God is so he is, his, his light is so bright that no flesh can glory in his pl- presence. In other words, human flesh could not bear uh, to be in the presence of, it would not live. We would not live in the presence of this holy God. Hallelujah. This is why when we uh, who are raptured leave here, we will have to have glorified bodies because these bodies of flesh will not be able to endure the brightness of his light. Glory be to God. So God is light, and his light is so bright and pure that no man can see God's face and live. When God called Moses into ministry, he appeared to him in the form of a burning bush. And when Moses turned aside to see that burning bush um, that was not being consumed by the fire, it was indeed an awesome uh, phenomenon. It was something that Moses, uh, no one had ever seen such a thing. And so God called Moses' name and told him to take off his shoes. He said, because the place where you are standing is holy ground. Why was this ground holy? It was because Jesus Christ was there. It was a Christophany. You see, wherever God is, the place is holy. Yeah, wherever God is, it's holy. You remember over in uh, Exodus, when Moses asked to see God face to face, God's response was, Uh, Thou cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Why? Because God is holy. Uh, And yet God put Moses in the cliff of the rock. He told him, I'm going to pass by you and let you see me from my backside. He said, but even still, i got to put my hand um, out to shield you, because what God was doing was keeping Moses alive because of the brightness of his glory if god had not shielded moses he would have burned up literally fried in the presence of god so god allowed him to see him from the backside and shielded him with his hand that he would not die in the presence of god and um so even though moses god allowed moses to see him from the rear view like I said, he had to put forth his hand to shield him because of the glory of God. It is more, it is brighter than we can imagine or even comprehend. God is holy. God is holy. Now, when um, God met with Moses up in um, Mount Sinai, he admonished Uh, Moses to warn the children of Israel not to come near or touch the mountain uh, because God was in that mountain. And he told him, he he was literally on that mountain, and he told him that anyone, whether man or beast, who touched that mountain would be put to death. Why? Because God was there. And God is holy. God's holiness denotes his separateness. There is no God like our God. There's no God that we can compare to him. There is nothing and no one like our God. As the song says, there's no God like Jehovah. God is completely perfect and pure. There is no shadow of turning with him. God is without sin and is absolutely pure and true. God is also righteous. Therefore, everything that God does is righteous. Whether it is positive or negative for us, it's still a righteous act of God. Now, when King Uzziah died in the sixth chapter, Isaiah said he saw the Lord. And he tried to describe heavenly things in human terms so he did he 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 did what john did over in the book of revelation john tried to describe those things that he saw when he was on the isle of patmos but they were things that he, he couldn't really put into words because um there was no description there was there was there was it was just impossible for john To accurately describe what he saw The same with the prophet Ezekiel When he had the vision uh, By the river Chibar He had a very difficult task Of trying to describe What he saw in that vision But I believe what John saw And what um, Ezekiel saw And what King Uzziah uh, What Isaiah saw I believe uh, 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 they saw the same thing, just they saw it uh, uh, a little bit differently. There were some uh, differences, but I believe what they were trying to describe was the exact same thing. So Isaiah said when he saw the Lord, he said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train, the train of his robe." The temple. So Isaiah was basically saying that he saw God in all of his splendor and all of his glory and majesty sitting upon his throne. Then he goes on to describe um, the heavenly creatures that were present. He saw seraphim, and uh, seraphim are different from cherubim, but he saw the burning ones, glory be to God. And their title signifies their purity as those who are allowed to serve God around his throne. You see, uh, God is holy, and, and can't anybody just approach unto God, glory be to God in the highest. You don't even approach a, to a president or a, to a king any kind of a way. you got to be dressed a certain way. You have to have permission to approach uh, 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 unto that king. Even in the Old Testament, Esther was married to uh, King Xerxes, and uh, she couldn't even approach her husband unless he extended the golden scepter out to her because this was a crime punishable by death. Glory be to God. So um, we know that God is holy because these uh, seraphim, they, um, they proclaimed that, uh, and, and just being in the presence of God, they proclaimed that. Now, when the prophet Ezekiel, he saw a similar vision, and he also struggled to describe what he saw in human terms. Ezekiel stated that the angelic creatures that he saw, he said, they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. And he said, as for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire and like the appearance, uh, appearance of lamps. Glory be to God. So that lets us know that these were no ordinary creatures. They are an exalted uh, special order of angelic beings. And this is evidenced by their close proximity to God. They could not be in the presence of God if he did not will them to be there. And and, and they, they, they worship God around his throne. They fall down and worship him and give him reverence. They do but one thing as they fly in the presence of God. They worship him and cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. That's all they do. Glory be to God. These burning ones declare the holiness of God without ceasing because they understand, they know that God is holy. So when Isaiah saw this, Isaiah realized his own sinfulness and uncleanness. Isaiah knew he was not worthy to be in the presence of this holy God. And immediately he declared, woe is me, I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips, glory be to God. He acknowledged that he was defiled and that he was polluted by sin. He acknowledged that his flesh was corrupt and vile. Isaiah realized that he had been given an awesome privilege of being in the presence of Almighty God, and his confession brought God's response of cleansing. Therefore, a live coal was taken from off the altar to purge his lips. And notice that the coal was live and hot. It was not one of those that was smoldering or flickering out. That's why it's important. That's the importance of the altar Uh, And it's important for Christians to get on the altar. That's what the altar was for. The altar is the place where the sacrifice is laid down. You see, when we cry out to God for forgiveness of our sins on his holy altar, when we cry out to God in sincerity and in truth and ask God to help us overcome our daily sinful struggles, uh, what God does is take a live fire uh off from the altar that will burn up whatever sacrifice we put on that altar, and that is why it is important. you know churches today they don't even make altar calls they they today they're doing something totally new they they're asking people who wants to join the church ain't even saying nothing about it's all about joining the church. They're building ministries around men and not around that are not centered around God. And and this is this is this is problematic. So this is why God told Moses in Leviticus chapter six and thirteen, The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. It was to burn perpetually. Day and night And the priests were responsible For putting wood Upon the altar Every morning What is the wood? The wood is the prayers Of the saints of God Glory be to God When the wood is put on the altar That is the prayers uh, That the priests Are making intercession For the people of God In the book of Joel, chapter 2 and verse 17, it says, let the priests, the ministers of God, weep between the porch and the altar. But we don't see that happening today. Why? Because the people of God are are full of play. They have eaten and drank and rose up to play. So there's a whole lot of playing church going on today, and the people do not realize that God is holy. Glory be to God in the highest. So Jesus Jesus told his disciples, he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. See, this involves a sacrifice. You got to deny yourself. You got to lay that thing on the altar. You got to lay that flesh on the altar. You got to lay that sin on the altar. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, you got to sacrifice that. You got to offer that up to God. But the problem is some people, they like what they're doing. They like the sins that they are committing. You know, it it amazes me how uh, some of these, uh, in in recent years, this just started happening, how these... Pastors of mega churches are shacking up with their girlfriends uh, and still preaching the, uh, or trying to preach the gospel in the pulpit. I'm like, how can this be? How can the pastor shack up with his girlfriend? So if the pastor is shacking up with his girlfriend, then you know what the rest of the church is doing. Glory be to God in the highest. And and God he is not pleased with that, and he will not He will not uh, tolerate that. So what has to happen is we've got to get back to the altar. The altar, uh, live coals got to be uh, put on the altar. The fire must never go out. I'm telling you, the fire must never go out upon the altar. Glory be to God. And the priest, hallelujah. So you know I, I notice how we don't even see prayer meetings taking place in the house of God anymore. There are no more prayer meetings, and this is problematic also because if nobody is uh having prayer in the house of God, then how is the ministry how is the men? How is the ministry uh uh uh, uh receiving directives? And instructions from God. So what's happening is they are not hearing from God. Everywhere in Scripture, uh, when a king was facing a situation, that king inquired of the Lord. He went to a prophet and inquired of the Lord. But now, Nobody's inquiring of the Lord. We're just doing, you know, whatever uh, suits our fancy. And God is not pleased with that. We're having programs that God never sanctioned us to have. Uh, 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 Some churches have just gone off on the deep end, having dances, having dances in the church. I'm not talking about praise dancing and worshiping the Lord. I'm talking about dances where they are playing secular music in the house of God. You see, there's no more reverential fear of God because the people have forgotten and haven't been taught that God is holy. So they're leaning now to their own understanding and they're creating a type of church now that is relevant to the culture. I'm going to deal with that a little bit later on in this message, but you know, we have gotten so far away from the truth, people just doing anything now in the house of God. And uh, anything and everything, it all goes as long as it looks good on the camera. And and that's what it's all about now. Uh, the people are doing what pleases them and not what pleases God. And um, we've got to get back to the highway of holiness. we got to get back to What pleases God? Glory be to God. So the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. You see, God is that fire that will come down and consume our sacrifice when he knows that we are serious about getting rid of the sin in our life. He'll come down and consume that uh, uh, sacrifice. So if you are struggling with lust and you put that lust on the altar, God, he will come down and burn up that demon of lust in your life. But if you are not sincere about it, if you are playing games with God, then uh, God is not going to take anything from you. You know, he gives us free will, and we have to offer it up to God. We have to offer up our struggles. We have to offer up those things to God that we have not yet overcome. We have to offer them up to God, and then God will take them. But God is not just going to come and take away your cigarette habit, and God is not going to just come and take away your desire to fornicate. He's not going to take anything from you because you have to offer it up. You have to say, God, I don't want this in my life. Father, take this from me. I, I, I don't want anything that doesn't please you. I know because I had to uh, say the same thing to God. I struggled in so many different areas in my life, but I had to get on my knees with tears streaming down my face and ask God to take these things. And I laid them down. I, I put them on the altar. You know, because I came into the realization that I love God more than I love my sin. Glory be to God in the highest. And we've got to get to that place. And the reason that the church is not there is because nobody is preaching or teaching that God is holy. So there's a lack of reverential fear of God in our churches today. I mean, people are carrying on in such an ungodly manner and it shows it shows i don't care how much you decorate i don't care how much uh uh, uh stained glass windows you have i don't care how much you put a long robes on and and try to make yourself look spiritual the sin in our lives will be shown up by the light glory be to god the light you see the bible says that in him That God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. There's no flesh in God, there's no uh, 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 play in God. God is holy, and this is what the church needs to know. This is the message that the church needs to hear in this day and time is that God is holy. Glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. When Aaron Aaron, over in the 10th chapter of Leviticus, Aaron's two sons, Nadab and Abihu, um, did something, and it cost them their life. They offered strange fire unto the Lord. They put it in their censers, and uh, the Bible says that the fire came up, rose up out of the the uh, uh, incense plate, out of the censers, and, uh, and um, burned them up. And so um, Aaron he questioned why God killed his two sons, and um, Moses had to explain to him that first of all, is a righteous act uh, because God cannot do evil; He cannot be tempted with evil. And God had previously given explicit instructions to the priests concerning the altar the incense, and the offering of the sacrifices. Only the high priests were able to offer the sacrifices. Uh, the burnt offering sacrifice, nobody could do that but the high priest. But all the priests had to consecrate themselves uh, unto the Lord and be sanctified in order to come and serve before the Lord. Any priest who was ceremonial, unclean, for any reason, could not approach unto God, lest they die. Now, the incense had to be made from a special mixture that God had specifically outlined, and it could not even be duplicated for any common, ordinary use. Only It could only be used to uh, make the incense. And the fire had to come from the altar, glory be to God. So you could not just go and and strike a match and and, 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 uh, use one of these torch things that they make. You couldn't do that. The fire had to come for the incense, had to come from the altar. And Aaron's son, they died because of their own disobedience. They learned the hard way. That God is holy. Glory be to God. And I'm I'm, I'm beginning to believe that uh, a lot of people are gonna learn it the hard way. Glory be to God. Now let's think about when Aaron, when David, he he attempted to bring back the Ark of the Covenant. He was bringing it back to Jerusalem, and the priests, uh, who the only ones who were allowed to touch it, they carried it incorrectly. They were supposed to carry it um, by putting poles uh, called staves through these loops, and they were to carry it upon their shoulders. But they put it on a cart, and it almost toppled over. And Uzzah reached out to catch it from falling, and he touched the holy thing of God, the holy neck of God, and fell dead immediately. And David, David was afraid after that. He said, how am I supposed to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem? Well, David had to go and um, check the books because it was recorded in the history of, uh, in the Chronicles of the church. And so what had to happen was David had to find the correct way to bring the ark of God uh, back. It had to be carried on poles, and um, the priests had to bear it upon their shoulders. And if they had done that um, the first time, Uzzah would not have had to, he would not have attempted to catch it, and he would not have died. You see, no one was allowed to touch the Ark of the Covenant except the priest. So although Uzzah's intentions were well-meaning, Uzzah was not a priest and he was not authorized to touch the Ark of God. Because once the blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat, God inhabited that. And Uzzah fell dead. Literally because he touched God. God is holy. And we got a generation of young folk, and some of them ain't that young, but they want to serve God in in the way they want to serve God, not according to God's standards. They want to offer up to God that which is not holy, that which is not clean, and that which is profane. Now, we need to search the scriptures because we need to remember that both Cain and Abel offered God a sacrifice. One was accepted and the other was not. A lot of times it has to do with our motives. You see, the Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God searches the heart because only God knows the heart. So God knows our motives for doing the things that we are doing. Some people do things and uh, so they, they can parade themselves uh, uh, across the front of the church and everybody can see them. Uh, some people love to be seen, so they do things to be of men. That's a spirit of pride. That's a spirit of pride. And there are uh, six things that God hates, but Uh, I can sum it up in three, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are Satan's um, three uh, 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 methods. He uses all the time, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And God hates those things. So when we are operating or trying to do something, And our motives are not wrong. It might be a right thing, but the wrong motive. And God is not pleased, and he will not receive it. Glory be to God. So God is also righteous. Psalm 145 and verse 17 tells us this. So we're going to look at that now. Psalm 145 and verse 17. And this is what it says. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. Glory be to God. So God is holy and righteous. Glory be to God. And he's that even when we don't understand what God is doing. He's holy and he's righteous. This is why only Jesus' blood could be shed to redeem mankind. God is unchangeable. He said in his word, I am God, I change not. That's Malachi 3 and 6. And Hebrews 13 and uh, another aspect of, of, of uh, God's holiness. I'm going to turn to it. Glory be to God. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today. And forever, so God is not going to change now that seems to be the talk of the day. Uh, the church needs to change. It's time for the church to change, but God said, "I am God, I change not." So God is not going to change his his holy standards for us. He's not. And the church has left off preaching and teaching the pure, unadulterated word. You know, God's absolute holiness must be preached in the church today, just as it is proclaimed in heaven. Remember, the seraphim uh, around the throne, holy, 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 that's all they do, all day and all night, without ceasing. This is being proclaimed in heaven and it must also be proclaimed here in the earth. We cannot think that God is going to make an exception for us. God will not change his word for any reason to suit us or fit our own personal agenda. God's absolute holiness must be preached today, and there is no such mandate found in Scripture to preach a watered-down gospel that is relevant to the culture of our time. And that's what people are saying today. Oh, we need to preach a gospel that's relevant to the culture. That is from the pit of hell. It's not scriptural. We need to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified, the same yesterday and forevermore. God Is holy He's not He's unchangeable He doesn't change Because the culture changed And the same gospel That it took To save my grandma And your grandma And the saints of old It takes the same gospel To preach to this generation And it took the same gospel To be preached to us to win our souls. Glory be to God. So we don't need to preach another gospel. Any other gospel other than the gospel of the Bible, the Bible says it is accursed. And that's what's being preached today. they preaching another Jesus. And the Bible says any man that preaches it, let him be accursed. Glory be to God. So it's not God who's got to change. It's us who have to change because what? God is holy. And he's not going to change uh, 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 his holy standard for us. The church is no longer preaching holiness and righteousness and purity. The church is not preaching that anymore. They say that's not relevant. The devil is a liar. So what is being preached now is lies, lies being preached from the pulpit all across America to placate the people and to lull them to sleep. The church is spiritually sleep. I saw it in a dream. I saw the church, the sleeping church, everybody in the church had on their pajamas. People were reclining. People were sleeping. Some were waiting on the show to start. That's that's the spiritual condition of the church today. The modern-day church is preaching a message of comfort to pet people in their sins. Don't nobody want to offend nobody because they're afraid if we offend them, they're going to take their money and go somewhere else. Don't you know it's a poor God that can't take care of his church? He said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If God called you to start a ministry, if God called you to build him a house, he will provide. His name is Jehovah Jireh, and he said, I will supply all your need according to my riches in glory. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He said the gold is mine, and the silver is mine. Everything that was made was made by God, and everything belongs to God. God ain't got no shortage of nothing. But we got to remember who he is. God is holy. People can no longer uh, endure sound doctrine. They don't even want to hear that now. They only want messages about God's love. But I'm going to tell you something. Woe to the church that falls into the hands of this holy God. Hallelujah. I think Jonathan Edwards preached it back in the 18th century. Uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God. No, I'm not talking about an angry God. I'm talking about sinners and saints alike that fall into the hands of a holy God. You don't want to play with God. God is holy, and no flesh can glory in his presence. We must proclaim the message of God's holiness until Jesus Christ returns. We must have a reverential fear of God and understand that God is holy. God is not your homeboy. God is not your homie. God cannot be approached casually or in a common manner. God is holy. The seraphim know that God is holy. The burning ones, glory be to God, and they fly all around God's throne all day and all night. Glory, hallelujah, and they cry, holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. And when the prophet Isaiah saw this in a vision, his response was, woe is me. I am undone. I am not fit to be in the presence of the Lord. This sinful flesh of mine, I'm a man of sin. I'm unclean, glory be to God. And this happened when God called Isaiah into the ministry. He called him to be a prophet. Glory, hallelujah. But Isaiah realized that in the presence of God, he saw his own sinfulness. Glory be to God in the highest. This is how, you know, people like to say, people love to say, oh, he's here. He's here. in a a church service. They just love to say that. But I'm going to tell you something. You do not have to announce when God is present in the sanctuary. Solomon taught us how to know when God is present in the sanctuary. Let's turn there. We're going to turn to 2 Chronicles. Hallelujah. And um, the sixth chapter, and this is what it says, the seventh chapter, I'm sorry. This is what it says. It says, now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. See, I told you, when you put it on the altar, when you put your struggles on the altar and you cry out to God, the fire will come down and burn up the sacrifice, whatever you sacrifice to God. This is why the word of God said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, put it Put that thing on the altar that you are struggling with. Deny yourself. Hallelujah. Pick up your cross and follow Christ. The scripture says that the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering, sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest, could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. You see, people are now bringing in smoke machines into their worship services, trying to make it look like that's the glory. That's not the glory. Hallelujah. The Bible says the hour has come and now is for the true worshiper to worship the Father. And God is seeking such, those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And when we begin to worship God, you don't need a smoke machine because the glory will come in And fill the house. So much. God inhabits the praises of his people. And he will come down. Glory be to God. Hey. God is attracted to true worship. And he will come down and dwell among us. And his glory will fill the house. We don't have to bring smoke machines in into the sanctuaries to try to make it look like the glory, the real glory will come down. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord. Why? Because the glory was so strong. It was so thick. It was so present. So when these people are saying he is here, he is here. If you see anybody up doing anything, you know he is not there. Because when the glory of the Lord is present, the priest won't even be able to enter the sanctuary. They won't be able to minister. The preachers can't preach. The ushers can't usher. The choir won't be able to sing. Everybody will recognize that God is present and will fall prostrate on their knees or on their face and weep in his holy presence. The Bible says, and when the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground and worship and praise the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. This is how we know when the Lord is present in our services. I have been in these types of services when the glory came down and filled the house. Nobody could do anything. The preachers couldn't preach. The choir couldn't sing. Nobody could do anything. As a matter of fact, everybody laid on their face, bowed their heads and laid on their face in the presence of the Lord. We did not manufacture a move of God. When God came into the sanctuary, everybody went face down and wept in his holy presence because we knew he was there. Nobody had to announce it. You see, God is holy. He is holy. And we've got to get back to that. We've got to remember who He is, yes, he is love, but his number one, first and foremost attribute is that God is holy. When people begin to understand that God is holy, much of what we see taking place in our churches today will automatically see this entertainment, which has no place in the house of God. It will disappear when we understand how holy our God is. I mean, people just entertain one another. God is to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. We're not to have entertainment. People will not talk about one another like they do now when they comprehend the holiness of God. People will not talk to one another as they now do when they realize how holy our God is. When Christians realize that the God we serve is holy, they will no longer attempt to offer strange fire to God. Strange fires, bringing in these smoke machines and all the lights and camera and action and stage crews to create a show. Jesus drove the money changers out of the temple because he said, my father's house must be a house of prayer. And that's what's missing from the church today. Prayer. They got bingo night. They got bowling night. They got the willing workers night. They got all these nights, but when is prayer night? And the churches that do have prayer, it is the least attended meeting in, in the whole uh, uh, scheme of things. Does anybody come out for prayer meeting. You might have two or three people show up. And that shows you the spiritual climate of that church. People will not be able to do whatever suits their fancy when we come into the knowledge that God is holy. When Christians realize that the God we serve is holy, some of the things that come out of their mouth, they won't be able to say those things anymore. There will be no need to manufacture a move of God when we realize God is holy. He inhabits the praises of his people. God is looking for the true worshiper. Glory be to God in the highest. All this meanness and bitterness and jealousy and envy and fighting and bickering and not speaking to one another and won't sit beside sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so in the house of God, that foolishness will disappear when we realize that God is holy. Sexual sin, such as fornication and adultery, it won't even be once named among us. Like the Apostle Paul said in the fifth chapter of First Corinthians, he said, let it not once. Be named among us. Not only is it named among us, people want to parade it now across the front of the church. Just the so-and-so's daughter is pregnant, unmarried, and then they say, we want to applaud her. We want to give her a baby shower. In the house of God? Come on. And then you got that bunch of times have changed. Y'all need to get with the program. Y'all need to be relevant to the culture. The culture is full of sin. We must never conform to the culture. Romans, Romans chapter 12 says, I beseech ye brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We are not to conform to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we renew our minds through the word of God. That's what renews minds. I was a fornicator. But when I realized that God was not pleased with me because he He hates fornicators, he said no fornicator will inherit the kingdom of God. So when I realized that, that's 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 for those of you that want to know. When I realized that my sinfulness was displeasing God. It actually hurt his feelings. You know why? Because of the price that he paid for me. Woo! Jesus. Jesus shed his blood for a wretch like me. I was thinking deep and see. God is holy. Do you hear what I'm saying? God is holy. God is not to be toyed with or trifled with. You see this provocative type of clothing that is being worn by the women of God today. I don't know why women of God want to show their cleavage. You know, the world says if you got it, flaunt it. God said let the women of God be chaste. Cover up your body up, especially if you're somebody's wife. He said be chaste, be modest. He said let the elder women teach the younger women Not the younger women teach the elder women. Cover your body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And if you are married and have a husband, nobody should see your body but your husband. Your body was made for him and his body was made for you. But yet, the women are walking around publicly uncovered. That's the spirit of seduction. That's that Jezebel spirit. Or let me say it correctly, that's the spirit of Delilah. That seducing, python spirit. And great men of God have fallen prey to that spirit. Because when Delilah walks in the church, she's on assignment. If she ain't coming to get saved, she's on assignment. That sister is working in the church, looking for whom she may devour. The Bible says in Proverbs, my son, go not with her, For her steps lead to hell. That's what's happening in the church today. Women wearing this provocative clothing. And see, when we understand that God is holy, this won't happen anymore. The women will cover themselves. They will be ashamed and cover their nakedness, Adam and Eve did. When they realized that they had sinned against God and broke God's commandment, the first thing they did was ran and tried to cover themselves. The Bible said they told God we were ashamed because we were naked. And God said, who told you you were naked? They knew they were naked because the glory of God that had once covered them parted the moment they sinned. And that is the same thing that is happening with us today as people of God. There are countless stories in the Bible providing detailed accounts of what happened to those who forgot the holiness of God. They are recorded in Scripture for our example. God is holy. He is not to be toyed with or trifle with. One cannot approach unto the throne of God in a casual manner. I heard a young lady preaching, saying she talked to God like he was her homeboy. She said she tell God, what's up, dog? And when I heard her say that, I cringed, and I said to myself, she does not know God because you can't talk to God that way. You cannot. Why? Because God is holy. Although the veil has been ripped from top to bottom, God is by no means common. And the people of the Old Testament, they knew and understood that God is holy. And the church of today has got to come into this knowledge. It's got to be taught. In our Sunday school classes, in our Bible study classes, it's got to be taught that God is holy. People need to know who God is, who he really is. God is not like Santa Claus. He's not some uh, uh, genie in a bottle where you just rub his belly and he gives you what you want. No, God is not like that. God is holy. And we must remind ourselves and the generations to come that God is holy. We cannot afford to forget this message. Let's close with looking at Leviticus chapter 11. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Leviticus chapter 11, verses 44 to 45, and then we're going to look at 47a. He says, I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourselves and ye shall be holy for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore Be holy, for I am holy. And verse 47, A, the A part says, to make a difference between the unclean and the clean. Glory be to God and I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, those of you that are listening, to this message tonight. We must remember that God is holy. He has always been holy and he will always be holy. We cannot disrespect God. We cannot. So many young people bring their cell phones to church with them. And they are constantly on the cell phone while in the house of God. How are you going to disrespect God in his own house? And we, we want to make excuses for them. Well, maybe, maybe that's their job. Maybe they Maybe they are on call. There could be a few that are on call. But the most of them are just texting their friends. In the house of God. Because they haven't been taught that God is holy. So when the worship is going, they can't connect to God because they're too connected to the iPad, to the iPhone, and to all of this other eye stuff. To their iPods, they're too connected to all of these other things. And therefore, they cannot feel the presence of God. Hallelujah. When he is there. But we can't blame them. They have not been taught. They have
0: not been taught.
1: They have not been
0: taught.
1: And it is our job to teach them that God is holy. It is our job to teach them about the reverential fear of God. It's our job. Preachers, the pastors, The evangelists, the apostles, the teachers, the prophets, that's our job. They have to be taught about the holiness of God. They have to be taught to worship him in spirit and in truth. They have to be taught that it's not about their talent and how good they sound. They have to be taught. So we have a job to do. There's so much work to be done. Yes, we got to preach salvation. We still gotta tell them that Jesus is coming. But we've got to teach them that God is holy. Come to understand that God is holy. Everything else is fallen. When I understood this, I had no problem laying my sin on the altar. As I said earlier, I was a fornicator. I had no problem laying that down because I came to the realization of who God is, who he really is, and what he had done for me. And I realized the sin in my life, I love God more than I love my sin. And I was able to lay it down in the light of his holiness. The psalmist says, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy at his right hand. There are pleasures evermore. Glory be God. I cannot imagine what Isaiah the prophet saw when King Uzziah died. I can only imagine what Ezekiel the prophet saw. I can't even wrap my head around what John saw on the Isle of Patro. But I do know one thing. That each of them trembled at what they saw. They realized the holiness of God and I guarantee you that it changed their lives forever. Yeah, it changed their lives. So I give God praise tonight. Because when I realized that God is holy, it changed my life. Just knowing that God is holy, knowing that he's omniscient, he knows everything, he sees everything, and he is everywhere, and that God is holy. And, oh, Jesus, he is holy. He is holy. The God that we serve is holy. We cannot afford to play with God. My husband said, you come out better playing with a rattlesnake. He is holy. Our God is holy. Glory be to God in the high. Hebrews chapter 12 says it this way. And we turn there. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him, fake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Where in all of these manufactured moves of God that people are making and creating studio. Glory be to God. He said it will be the removing of those things that are shaken as things that are made, that should be man-made. That those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverent answer. Or the reason for this is found in the next verse. For our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us serve God. Acceptably The way he wants to be served Not the way you or I Think we ought to serve God But the way God Has determined Has predetermined That he should be served And he said in his word Over in Leviticus And then Peter quoted it Over in First Peter Be ye holy For I am holy That's the only way we can serve God Hebrews 12 tells us, glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. 12 and 14 says, follow peace with all men and holiness without, which no man shall see the Lord. You see, without holiness, you're not going to see God. His holiness, not our holiness, not self-made holiness, not self-righteousness, but the holiness of God. Glory be to God in our name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let us serve him acceptably with godly fear and reverence. Hallelujah. If you have forgotten that God is holy, I encourage you to fall on your knees. If there have been times in your life that you carried on like the world, he said, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. But if you have found yourself blending in with the world, trying to fit in with the world, and have forgotten that God is holy, this is your opportunity right here and right now to repent and ask God and forgive you. And then put the cherry on top by asking God to make you holy. Nobody can do it but him glory be to God. Now I wrote a little song some years back and that song was birthed out of prayer. I want to share just a small portion of it with you tonight.
0: Lord, make me whole. Please, Lord, make me whole. Please, Lord.
1: cry of your heart tonight. I pray that you've been blessed by tonight's message. Lord, us holy. Make us holy, Lord, because you are holy, and we want to be like you. This is your hostess, Evangelist Janet Taylor, coming to you live tonight from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. You can find us on the World Wide Web at www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com. You can also contact us by phone, area code 336-830-0601, and you can email us at jet245 at msn.com. You can also text us at three three six eight three zero zero six zero one. 830 601 And if you are led by the Holy Spirit to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so through PayPal or through Zelle using this uh, email address, JET245 at MSN.com. Encourage you to join us Monday through Saturday at 12 noon and on Sunday night at 8 p.m. for the sweet hour of prayer. Now that's Monday through Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time and Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So whatever time zone you live in, you're going to have to adjust your time accordingly because we are going to be going by Eastern Standard Time. And the number is 425-436-6333. the access code is 716-5050 followed by the pound sign. We pray for one hour because Jesus said, can ye not pray with me for one hour? And the answer, yes, Lord. Glory be to God. So we're signing off tonight, and we want you to know that we love you, and we thank God for you. So um, I hope you've been blessed tonight. May God bless you may heaven be yours amen and amen good night
2: this episode is made possible by pwc a robot may not be coming for your job but competitors are coming for your market share at pwc we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge reimagine operations from the cloud fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.